take a breath as you enter the portal of Passages, the podcast, a container of empowerment, guidance, and inspiration to transform wounds and dark places into embodied wisdom and sacred spaces. This podcast includes readings of passages and deep dives into rites of passage with visionary leaders and others who have gone through transformative experiences that empowered and shaped them into who they are today. This is your host, Paulo Sello. I welcome you and I invite you into the space. The Invitation by Oriya Mountain Dreamer. It doesn't interest me what you do for a living. I want to know what you ache for and if you dare to dream of meeting your heart's longing. It doesn't interest me how old you are. I want to know if you will risk looking like a fool for love, for your dream, for the adventure of being alive. It doesn't interest me what planets are squaring your moon. I want to know if you have touched the center of your own sorrow, if you have been opened by life's betrayals or have become shriveled and closed from fear of further pain. I want to know if you can sit with pain, mine or your own, without moving to hide it or fade it or fix it. I want to know if you can be with joy, mine or your own, if you can dance with wildness and let the ecstasy fill you to the tips of your fingers and toes without cautioning us to be careful, to be realistic, to remember the limitations of being human. It doesn't interest me if story you are telling me is true. I want to know if you can disappoint another to be true to yourself. If you can bear the accusation of betrayal and not betray your own soul. If you can be faithless and therefore trustworthy. Wow. You know, every time I... We, we hear, you know, hearing every single word and just feeling it deeper and, and, and different each time. And it's, it's so beautiful. Thank you so much for bringing, for bringing this beautiful and powerful passage into, into the space today. And um, I loved, I loved the last part and I want to dive into that with you. And it's the being faithless in order to be trustworthy. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll put a, a bookmark on that. Um, but to, to start us off, what, how'd you choose this passage for today? Yeah, it's so, so this was, this is just an excerpt of a little bit of a longer passage. Uh, I didn't read the whole thing, but it came in so divinely. And actually now that I know this and I've read this in a couple of spaces since finding it, people have been like, of course, don't you know this? This is such a common, you know, reading. I was like, no, I'd never (laughs) heard it. And clearly I was meant to find it now. And for this reason, but, um, a couple of weeks ago, I was in Austin, Texas, and I was invited to a red tent ceremony. And I gathered with women, um, who live in Austin, but are from all over, uh, my business partner, Ellie and I, oh, can I say that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, my business partner, Ellie and I were there together and we entered the tent and sat in circle and created a ritual. And we shared about our ancestors, our mothers, our grandmothers. Um, we, you know, 
we shared our respect, our reverence, our gratitude for them, for those who came before us. And we read from this booklet full of readings and writings about um, motherhood and womanhood and um, yeah, just the experience of being a woman. And each one was so powerful Mm -hmm. and it was perfect because after this is the one that spoke to me the most. Mm -hmm. And then after that experience, I was contemplating what I wanted to share here on this podcast. And I was like, oh my God, this is it. I didn't have any other sort of like clear readings or poems or writings that, that call to me or would have fit this sort of, um, you know, this, uh, assignment, if you will, (laughs) um, (laughs) of like to look at like a, a, something that, that had, um, impacted me and, and represented, you know, passages of my own life. And this was so perfect. Like it just so divinely came into my sphere right before this conversation so that I could share it because it deeply represents so much of my journey. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel, you know, I feel that that, um, the more and more, um, I'll say awareness that we gain about ourselves, you know what I mean? I feel like the, the more resonant that, that this, that this passage can be for all of us, you know, yeah. because I know that it, it, when it starts off, it's like, I don't care about A, B, and C. And a lot of A, B, and C are such superficial things that mm-hmm. I feel like, um, a, you know, I definitely have at the beginning kind of like grab onto, you know what I mean? For example, like the, I don't care what planets are squaring your moon, right? It's like, <laughs> I, I love know, that it's like, <laughs> That one like makes me giggle a little bit because yeah. it definitely has this, oh, well, you know, I'm a Scorpio moon, so I'm this and I'm that. And totally. Like, I like, I don't care about that. Like, are right. you able to, to go to the depths of your being and not, and, and I love this part. And I want to dive into that with you because it's, it says, you know, diving into the, the, the deepest of depths in my words, right. Without yeah. needing to hide it without needing to dissolve it and without needing to fix it. So yes, let's, um, let's dive into that. Let's dive into that and what that looked like for you in your life. Yeah. I'll just read that one again. I want to know if you can sit with pain, mine or your own without moving it, hiding it, fading it, or fixing it without moving to hide, fade it or fix it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is a very big one. big one and really relevant to my journey because I used to be very uncomfortable with pain and darkness, you know, as I would call it, like the down, you know, it was like, I was not comfortable with it in myself. And so then I wasn't comfortable with it in other people. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it was like, I was, I was so committed to like, being love and light, being up here, being high, being happy, being the, the light energy, which has a beautiful place, which is so important, but it wasn't the whole picture. And so then I wasn't comfortable, you know, with my own sadness, rage, grief, anger, jealousy. Mm. And so I wasn't comfortable with everybody else's. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and all of it, it's such a, and I feel like all of it is such a big part of 
the full spectrum of, of being alive, right? Like I feel yes, like, yes. you know, a lot of, for I'm, I've been the complete opposite, right? Like I've been the complete opposite, like way too comfortable with pain, way too comfortable with the darkness, the light. I'm just yep. like, eh, I don't know. You know, I don't yeah. know if it's safe up there. Like it's, it looks a little too, you know, it looks a little too good. Suffering, yep. pain, yeah, that's normal, you know? And so, and so my threshold was kind of the, the opposite, right? But what did it, what did it look like for you to, to come into a moment in your life in where maybe there was no place to go, but to, but to sit with it and, and to really get to be with it. And even if you wanted to hide, you couldn't. Yeah. Well, that that one is very clear for me. I uh, three years ago went through a breakup. It was um, to give you some context. This was my first relationship um, after doing a lot of healing work and and work on my own relationship to myself and my sexuality and my desires and my pleasures. So I was, you know, I had all these tools and I felt so like ready and willing and able to have relationships, you know, and, um, and yeah, relationships are still fucking complicated and complex, (laughs) no matter how many tools you have. (laughs) So I've found, um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I fell so in love with this man and we had a beautiful relationship and it was, I mean, the most, I mean, absolutely incredible. Like it was, it was so next level beyond anything I'd ever had and so much love. I felt so met, so seen, so nourished. Our sex was amazing. He was so willing to be vulnerable and pull vulnerability out of me, even when I was uncomfortable. Yeah, it was, it was absolutely, uh, life-changing. It was a life-changing relationship and, and, and so fun. Um, and then we broke up and I won't really get into the details of why. I mean, there were some, some, there were ma- many layers to it. There was one element around my triggers around, um, alcohol use. And then, um, also around just some places where he was in his life, his purpose, his journey, and then my inability to surrender and be okay with that and allow for his journey and his process. And this is where I was three years ago. And, um, so we both had our parts majorly in, in having the relationship end and we did it very consciously and with many conversations and yet it was still extremely painful. And I, though it was mostly my idea, I mean, it was, it was mutual. It was so painful, because I was so in love with this man. I wanted to be with him forever. I was clear. This is going to be my husband. I'm going to have kids with this man. I never felt so seen and loved. I went so down, so down. I cried every day for months. I had such bad, uh, my grief manifested as intestinal pain. And I had awful stomach aches and digestive issues really for years. Um, actually as a result, like it was, it was so intense for me. And, and I mean, my heart was broken and I went so down Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it was so necessary. 
because it was the first time I'd really been brought to my knees and unable to escape it. Like I had to feel it all the way through. There was no way of avoiding it because of how painful it was. Mm. I couldn't just skip past it. I couldn't bypass it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's such a, uh, it's such a dance, I'll say. It's such a dance, I'll say. But because the thing is that I feel that as the more and more that we come into, again, the more and more that we come into awareness of ourselves and, and like really declare ourselves to, to be devoted to a journey of, of evolution and one of service to add to that. You know what I mean? It, it really does. Um, because in that moment, right? Like you could have, potentially suppressed a few a, a few ways like you you could have yeah. options right like you you could have gone to like some old patterns or some old behaviors right but there was a part of you that was just like I'm not going to do that and so and therefore I'm going to I'm going to be here and I'm going to to sit with it and and so you know going you know being into that depth and it's I personally think like those moments are so beautiful. Of course, painful. Yes. Easy. Heck no, but no powerful. You better fucking believe it. You know, like these are really those, those alchemical moments, right? Like those transformational pivotal moments in our lives. And so, and when you were in that space, the the idea of not needing you, well, you couldn't hide it. So we, there's that, right? You literally couldn't hide it. You chose to, to face it head on. Mm -hmm. And what do you feel like supported you to, to not need to fix it? Like, how did that come in? Yeah. Yeah. Well, fortunately I had been immersed in, in teachings and work around like embracing this element and embracing this this aspect of life and of energy and Mm -hmm. the down as much as the up. So I had a new context for it, which really helped. So I wasn't afraid of it. I wasn't trying to escape it. Um, but yeah, it was so painful that I had to go there. And, you know, I, I remember right after we broke up, I went to, um, I went on a friend's bachelorette weekend, which, which now I, I wouldn't, have gone three years later, I, I would have not gone actually, because I had now have like much more, uh, connection to myself and my body and, and my boundaries and like having reverence for what does my body need? And what am I a yes and a no to, but before, three years ago, I was still, still in my people pleasing patterns and like, but I could never say no to my friend's best weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've, I've healed a lot of people pleasing patterns and codependency in that way in the last three years. But so I went to the, the bachelorette weekend and, you know, my friends were drinking and partying and I've never been a big party. Now I don't drink at all, but I've never really been into it. And so even three years ago, I was like, man, eh, not really interested. And I was so sad. I, I like, you know, put on a good face and I celebrated her and it was great. But every night I would stay up and cry and journal. And I'm not even a journaler. Like I don't like journaling. I, I just, I resist it. It's just not my, my, my preferred mode of digesting and, and processing. Um, and I had to, cause I was so at my bottom 
I was so in pain and sharing with friends didn't cut it. You know, sharing with a coach didn't cut it. I had, there was so much in me that wanted to come out that I was journaling every day, crying, processing, writing letters to him, writing letters to myself, writing letters to freaking God. You know, it's like just <laughs> in so much pain, you know, it was like the only thing I could do to help to help, you know, solve it or the, what's the word, like to give it a little, a little, um, resolve in that moment. And it was powerful because it also another gift of the down, like it had me digest with myself. It had me journal. It had me process. I, I, I started working with a coach that it completely changed my life. Cause I was in so much pain. I started doing somatic release work mm-hmm. and I started asking for help in ways that I wasn't willing to before talk about getting your power in the down, like accessing mm-hmm. your power in the darkness is like, it might not look the way we think it's going to look. And often it looks like being willing to be vulnerable and ask for help. And I needed it. I was so useless in certain ways at that time. Cause I was so in my feelings and my darkness and my, in my sadness, I asked my housemates for help. I asked my business partner for help. I, you know, leaned on my friends in new ways, even physically. Like I remember going to my one of my best friends houses. She's also my business partner and letting her physically hold me as I sobbed, you know, and that's just not something that my like professional independent woman, good girl archetypes would want to have happen. You know, all of those different parts of me that, you know, I've, I've healed a lot of that, like needing to be good, needing to be independent, needing to be alone or whatever, but man, all of that had to fall away in those moments, because I was in such pain and needed so much love and support that I was willing to humiliate myself, like willing to admit that I needed help and support and holding, uh, which was so, so necessary for my evolution. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how, how liberating that is, right? Like how liberating it is to actually know that we can be in that we can be on the other spectrum of light, right? Like we can be in the darkness and, and which also brings forth the, the question of like, what does dark, like, what is the relationship of darkness that we have? Like, why is the, the idea of darkness innately like bad, right? Yeah. It's, it's, and, and so, but to, but like you, but like you shared to, to really get to have this level of liberation in which you can be in, in those depths, like in that, in that darkness, in those depths of your being, in those emotions that, um, maybe are not the, the primary, right. They're not the ones that are at the, at the forefront. They're not the ones that, that, you know, at that, maybe at before that in, in your life, they weren't what was preferred. Right. Right. But to, but for you to be there and to, and to claim your power in that space by allowing yourself to receive support by asking for help, like by literally setting yourself free from all of these archetypes that said, Mm -hmm. you can't be in your depth and you can't be in your feelings and you can't be X, Y, and Z. Right. And so, yeah to, to really get to come in, into that space is so, um, it's such a beautiful thing to, to find your power in, in all of it. Right. And in the, the, the story, and I do want to be able to, to share the story very, very quickly, because I feel like it really puts it, um, 
puts it into into perspective and like shows us a a picture right and we'll we'll use you we'll use you you'll be venus right you'll be venus yeah great <laughs> and and as and actually you know even we're right now right now as we're listening to this for all of you that are you know astrology people even though we're not fully identifying with the trines and the squares and the and the conjunctions and things not exclusively not, not exclusively ex- <laughs> we have many different parts of our identity exactly exactly and um and but to really get to to dive into this idea right and and it's the story of venus venus just so happens to be in retrograde y'all okay so really take this really take this story and and run with it okay because what happens here is that like venus right she's the she's the goddess of love the goddess of beauty pleasure like all of these incredible things i mean you picture her in a temple she's being fan with big leaves being fed grapes like you know she's got like her goddess queens like around her like this is just it just sounds amazing. I see your face and you're just like, ah, that sounds like it's totally up your alley. I know it. Totally. <laughs> I'm and like, so, sign me up. Yeah. <laughs> and so if, if for those of you that don't know, Venus actually splits her time as a star, right? Like as a planet and to where for half of the year, she's an evening star and for half of the year, she is a sunrise star. And so what the, what the story behind it is, is that it, Every, every year she gets off from her throne and she literally like removes her, you know, her silk and her jewels and gets off of the throne and completely leaves the temple that, that she has and the throne that she sits at as this incredible goddess, queen of love, beauty, all of this pleasurable things in life to, to become a night star. So what, what that happens is that she leaves all of that for half of the year and she goes into the underworld. And when she goes into the underworld, she has nothing. She doesn't have all of these beautiful things. She doesn't have all her beautiful clothes. She doesn't have people just coming to her like, oh, like God is Venus, you know, all of this stuff. She, she really does this in order to claim her power, her love, her beauty in the underworld. And setting herself free from what this, you know, what her love, what her beauty and what her, all of these incredible things even fucking mean, right? Because does it mean that I can only have this when I look a certain way and when I have certain jewels and when I'm surrounded by, by beauty, can I claim that in the underworld where there is none of that in the mucks of it all? And can I really own that? Because in the second she's complete with that, she literally like rises up from the underworld, like hair flipped back. You know, I'm, I'm thinking she's just completely naked and she's just like, I know who I am and I am love and I am beauty and I am pleasure and I am everything regardless yeah. of what surrounds me regardless of my circumstances, be it light, be like, be the light of the day, be the dark of the night. I am who I am and I am love and I embody it deeply. Right. And, and to, to have that, it's just, it's, I feel like this is so, so resonant to your story 
you know, because you do hold this, this beautiful energy of, of love, of beauty, of pleasure, of desire, of play. And, and to go onto this passage in which you ultimately claim that in the Incotration Marks underworld, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and for those of you that are listening in, in the time to, to tie it back to Venus retrograde, you up in the underworld, okay? We're up in the underworld. And so remember that there is, is only an opportunity to really get to claim the power of love, of beauty, of pleasure, uh, in those like in those spaces and whatever it looks like for you whether it be asking for help whether it be like really allowing yourself to to surrender just really notice the ways in which you're being called forth to to claim this aspect this venetian aspect of yourself and even in the moments in the moments where it seems like mm, doesn't feel so venetian here right yeah and, totally um, and to, you know, and then, and then to, to, to bring it back to, to you and your passage that the beautiful thing that I noticed too, and that I was hearing from what you shared is that, um, what, what did it take in order to not need to fix it? And it was this, um, loving yourself through it so beautifully, just showing up for yourself, just choosing, you know what, girl, I'm going to be with you. I'm not going to yes. leave you because I, I think that, I think that the moment that we try to fix, it's, it's almost, it's, um, it's a bit of a rejection to the experience yes. that's being felt, right? Yeah, it's an abandonment. It's abandoning that part of us. It's like, no, that's not okay. I'm going to do something else. I'm going to fix it. I'm going to make it better. I'm going to put on a front or facade, or I'm going to go this way. It's like a, an escape and abandonment. Yeah. Yeah. And something I wanted to say, I love that story. And it's, um, it reminds me of something one of my teachers says, which is that freedom is freedom in all conditions. Mm -hmm. And I was not free in the underworld. I was not free in the darkness, in my shadow around the places that I had shamed myself or suppressed myself around my you know, guilt and shame and anger and sadness and jealousy and in feeling of inadequacy and insecurity and my controllingness, like all of these places that I denied, that I ignored, that I suppressed, that I, you know, yeah, pretended weren't there, didn't exist inside of me. I abandoned those parts of me and I was not free in needing to feel them and needing to sit with them before this experience. And, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not free in all conditions yet. I think we're all constantly (laughs) finding the places where we're not free, right? It's like, Oh, I'm constricted here. I'm constrained here. This is where I feel stuck or suppressed. And it's like, my practice is, you know, finding those spots, leaning into my edges, getting free in those places. Um, and it's been a big, practice of mine to explore and excavate these darker feelings and experiences and emotions, these darker locations, if you will, um, to get free there and to be free, to be okay, to be with myself, to be myself in those places. And, um, you know, I think it's these moments that bring us to our knees that provide that. And I'm a, I'm a big proponent of, of rock bottoms, Um, I think they're really powerful and amazing and for our growth and for our healing and, you know, breakdown comes breakthrough and, you know, rock bottoms are so excruciating and create 
can create so much healing growth and expansion. If we're willing to see them all the way through come out the other side. And, um, yeah, I just, I feel so grateful for this passage and, and for this, for this heartbreak and for how much I've learned about myself, about my shadow and about relationships and my relationships with men and, uh, with the masculine in general and with the feminine, because it's like, this is so parts of my own feminine that I rejected. Um, so yeah, it's just been such healing. And, and so I, I feel endlessly grateful though. It was extraordinarily painful and, and unbearable at times, but worth it. Yeah. Yeah. So worth it. So worth it. And I, you know, so the the question that that's coming up for me to ask you is that, you know, going through, going through that heart opening experience, right. To the excruciating pain and like, you know, loving yourself in that space and claiming your power in the, what we're now calling the underworld. Right. And so what do you feel? Cause I, one of the things that I'm, that I'm really present to is that when we go through these experiences in our lives, we, we meet ourselves in a new way, right? We'd really do meet ourselves in a new way. Yes. And there's an aspect of ourselves that, that we meet there. And then we, we, we just love the crap out of them. You know what I mean? We just love them so much so that they can actually come with us and no longer reject them and no longer, um, you know, let me just dress you up pretty girl. Like, you know what I mean? You can be as however it is that you are. And I love you and, and you're welcome. Maybe you, you don't get to take the wheel all the time. Right. But, but I love you and I see you and, and I'm not going to abandon or reject you. So what aspect of yourself do you feel like you, you met and, and fully embraced, through that passage. Yeah. There was something that, as you said that, that came to mind for me that now I can't remember, but um, I'll answer your question. (sighs) So many, so many parts of me. Um, I would say part of me that feels, oh, this is what I wanted to say. Then I'm going to (laughs) answer. This is what I wanted to say is um, you said it so beautifully you know, that when these things happen, when we go through these passages, passages that I would also call initiations or portals, Mm -hmm. it's like you get to meet yourself and love yourself. This part of you, this aspect of you is new. It's like, you're seeing it newly. Right. But it's, it's there. It's always been there or it's been there a long time. And I just want to acknowledge that that is not how most people do it. Like you do it that way. I do it that way. Now. But I just want to acknowledge, right? Just just to speak to the listening of the people who are listening in, that if you don't go through your passages or initiations or portals with that grace, just meeting that aspect of you on the other side with love and approval. Oh. Okay. If you're not alone. And I know that you have not always done that. And I have not always done that. It wasn't until we were shown how, right. It wasn't until we were shown that we can do that, that we can meet ourselves through these passages, through these portals with love and grace and affirmation and approval for these parts of us, these aspects that we previously rejected or ignored. I didn't have that modeled right. Until I started doing this deeper work until I 
excavated myself and my shadow and had tools for this, this deeper intimacy with self. So I just wanted to name that and acknowledge that for anyone <laughs> listening, like, yeah, that sounds good. I can't say that that's always the way it goes, right? Or that's not the way it used to go, but it is that opportunity every single time. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll answer your question now. And I, I just wanted to say that because you said it so gorgeous, like it's such a gorgeous <laughs> way. And I'm like, if only it were always that simple, right? <laughs> like if only it always just went like that. <laughs> oh, I know. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for bringing that. Cause it, it is, it is very real. It is very much a practice and it is very much, yes. um, an opportunity. And I think we need the reminder, right? We need the reminder from our, our sisters or our teachers or our partners or our whatever to, to meet ourselves in those moments when we do still, I'm sure, I mean, I'll speak for myself, but in the moments where I still want to run, or I still want to reject that aspect, even with practice, we need the support. We need the reminders. We need the ceremonies. We need the moments, the tools, right. In order to, Oh yeah, let me turn towards this part of me that I want to reject. Oh yeah. It's safe to do that. Oh yeah. I'll still be loved if I do that. Right. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah. What did I meet? Um, okay. Well, a big part of me that I, okay. I met, um, my, the part of me that's lonely, Mm -hmm. my loneliness, my sadness, the part of me that feels deeply unworthy, unworthy of being loved, unworthy of having the partnership, the companionship that I desire, the part of me that doubts that I can have it, the part of me that feels undesirable. I had to sit with, with her. And also um, in continuing to do the healing work since then, I've also met the part of me that deeply wants to surrender that wants to be led and guided by the masculine who previously I would not allow that. And that was one of the issues. It was like, I did not know. No one needs to lead me. No one needs to guide me. Like it was like, I would, I was fine. Like my independent woman archetype was strong. And so I've gotten to meet in my healing since this rupture the part of me that deeply wants to let go in the holding of the masculine that deeply wants to be guided and not be in control that doesn't want to be handling things that wants to be, you know, um, told what to do. And cause I'm the one that's always telling people what to do. So this like (laughs) surrendered part of me, yeah, this like part of me that wants to surrender, the part of me that wants to submit to a masculine energy that I trust, Mm -hmm. um, I was in denial of all that. I was not aware of that. I wasn't even, I wouldn't even go there previous to this rupture, this, this portal and passage. It's like, no, but I had to go so down and really feel that part of me that does feel unworthy, unlovable, lonely, um, yeah, undesirable, insecure, less than, unsexy, not, not, um, and not deserving. That version of me, that part of me that I had to sit with and love, the part of me that's 
jealous. Part of me that's crazy. Oh, that's a good one. That's one that came up in the relationship. Um, I wrote a post about this actually the other day. It was about loving the crazy bitch in you in in, in, in everyone. Um, because I was, that was one of the things that came up in the relationship was like, he would feel, he was such a feeler and like, so in tune and, and in tune to me. And he wanted to see all of me. And he would be like, I can feel that you're angry or I can feel that you're jealous or I can feel that you're sad. And I'd be like, no, no. Like, and I would bypass it with like my tools. I'd be like, no, you know, I'm really not. I really just see that this thing happened and I have this, this experience of it. And I have a story about it and that's not what you're doing. And you know, I'm just making up meaning and that's not really the case, but I was not dropped into my body. I was not dropped into my heart. I was not revealing my deeper vulnerable truth. I couldn't even see it at the time. I couldn't even see it. I was just observing and analyzing my way out of it. And he would be like, I can feel it. I want to feel you. Uh, his moon was probably in Cancer, Pisces, and or Scorpio. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's so funny. Probably. I don't know. I don't know about his astrology, but <laughs> uh, someday we'll find out. But um, he could really feel me. And it was like I needed that because I needed the like someone challenging me but at the time I wasn't in approval of the part of me that wanted to be challenged and told what to do and guided and like you know and and like forced to be more vulnerable so I was like no and I would I didn't have approval for the part of me that was a crazy bitch that was like rageful and jealous and have reactionary like I was too in my like responsible, appropriate, good girl, coach, archetype, like, you know, whatever. And it was like all these different things that I thought were okay. Crazy bitch. Not okay. Not okay. Crazy girlfriend. Absolutely not reactive, emotional, wild. No, 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 no. So those are the parts of me that I got to meet in the ending. And actually after we broke up, he still lived with me for a month and boy, did those parts come out because Mm. we were broken up. So now it was like, kind of the lid was off and oh, we fought, (laughs) we fought, we, I cried. I like, we had insane sex. It was like all of these layers of like good girl and appropriateness, like peeled away. And he was like, I knew this was going to happen. He's like, I knew that this would happen once we were done. Cause it was like all of these, like, it was a, a box that I had put myself in of being good partner, good girlfriend, good leader, good, whatever, fill in the blank mm. and had put these parameters around me. And it was like all of these parts of me that I got to let out, to see, to meet, to find love for in the breakup. Yeah. Wow. There it's, it's so deep, you know, it's so, so deep the way, the way that I, the way that I'm seeing this and receiving this from you, because it's this, um, I, I also just love, and then for those of you that are watching this, you, you're probably just like loving her, like just full on <laughs> expression, like, no, <laughs> I, I loved being in it with you. Um, but to the, you know, when, it, when it comes to, and, and it, we'll, we'll set it as an archetype, right. We'll set it as an archetype of like, just, you know, being wild, being crazy and, and all this stuff. And I, and I do believe 
you know, I do believe that the more suppressed that it is and the more rejected that it is, I feel like the more, um, the, the louder and, and more destructive it will be because to be wild and to be crazy and, and to be jealous and to, you know, have to, to have those things, you know, I, I feel that we definitely get to look at them and say, whoa, okay, let me be with it. Right. Um, mm -hmm. and then that's like the, the more evolved loving filter of it. Right. But I believe that the more and more that we can, that we can face them like with that compassion and understanding without trying to reject them. I feel like it's, it's the more destructive that they become. Right. And that's, and that's the, um, and, and that's how we really get to get to merge and, and meet ourselves and really welcome and love them. Right. Cause it's not yeah. trying to get rid of them because we are perpetuating the unworthiness, perpetuating the, you know, you can't come online. Like hell no, you're back in the back burner in the cave, like underneath, like in in the in the Harry Potter room you know yeah. what I mean like you're in the no you don't come out you don't come out when there's yeah. visitors right but the more and more that we can actually like welcome those aspects of ourselves the the more the less they're gonna be just fucking banging at the door like creating destruction mm -hmm. you know in our lives because they 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 do have the power to do that as well you know if if we if we allow yes. it and and the uh, and, and another thing that was coming up as we were, you know, as you were sharing this is this um, again, 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 and again, it's this level of this level of liberation. And when you were talking about being in the relationship, and I think this comes up for so many of us, right. Of like showing, like not showing all your cards, right. Yeah. My, like one of my, oh, dear yeah. friends, one of my dear friends, she has this beautiful song and it, and, and it says, I, I'm sorry for the times that I took out the knife instead of showing you my cards, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that's, and that really brings, you know, the, the, what I've learned in the, the energy that I like, you know, just do my best to drop into in the moments where I feel that I need to put up the fucking armor sword, everything, like, you know, ready to fucking you yes. come here. Mm. Like, you know, shield is up. And in those moments to, to get to like drop into my body and, and know that the most unshakable safety that I have is actually the one that I carry without an armor, mm. right? Like that level of liberation, I used to feel like in order to be safe, I needed to be protected, but to continuously grow into this idea that I'm actually safe because I'm free, right? Mm. Not because I need to protect, but the, the more free I allow myself to be, the, the safer I, I innately declare myself to be. That's right. Yeah. And you create it. It's your yeah. view of yourself. It's your view of life and the world that creates that, that yeah. experience of safety. Yeah. 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 Oh, this is all so beautiful. And, you know, as we, as we begin to, you know, culminate, we've been walking through such a beautiful passage. I love this. I like, I'm <laughs> loving walking this passage with you. Like, Me too. Like, you know, like we went through a breakup. We went, we went to a bachelorette party. We were journaling, you know, we, we went to like, that shit crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like we went into, like, we went to Venus, like we did all the things 
things such a like a full just like full spectrum and I'm mm. so grateful for it all and and dude I I want to be able to just give a few moments because I'm just so curious about what this looks like for you and because I, I know I put a bookmark on it but to to be faithless in order to be trustworthy mm that yeah. that specific thing can you um can you share with me just a little bit of of what that like what that ignites in you because it's it's really sparking curiosity in me yeah yeah i'm just going to read that those two lines if you can bear the accusation of betrayal and not betray your own soul if you can be faithless and therefore trustworthy mm. Yeah. You know, it's the line before it that really speaks to me. Like, can you, can the world see you? And oh my God, this, I relate. Oh God, I relate to this so much. The, the accusation of betrayal and not betray your own soul. Mm -hmm. It's like trusting yourself over everything Mm -hmm. is a radical way to live right now. That is not how people are living right? Everyone is selling out their, um, is selling out on themselves and giving away their authority. Mm -hmm. I mean, not everyone, but like the masses, right? It's like giving away their authority to their, to the government, to their, to their parents, to their culture, to their religious lineage, to their, to their, um, you know, to their teachers, even to their coaches, even Mm -hmm. it's like any, and we just talked about this recently in, in my work in my community, Mm-hmm. around like you and your inner guidance, you and your truth, you and your own medicine, your inner knowing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is everything. And this reminds me of, um, as I got canceled in January, uh, for posting a post about unconditional love and, and finding love in your heart for the people that you feel are your enemies mm-hmm. and finding love for the people that you completely disagree with them, disagree with their actions, disagree with the way that they be in the world. And how can you find love for them? Right. It's a, you know, advanced (laughs) way to live. Right. And, uh, a lot of people didn't like it. A lot of people did not like that post and the specific examples that I gave, you know, the, the, the claws came out and I got canceled and my Instagram got deactivated and People were not happy with me and I did not remove that post and I will not remove that post. Mm -hmm. And I still feel it to this day, a year later, Mm -hmm. I still feel every word that came out of me in that, in that download. It was totally a download. It came right through me. I wrote it in like 10 minutes. I don't even like writing posts and like it came right through me and I shared it with the world and I got so much backlash. I actually on my podcast, which I'll share about I guess, in a moment when I reveal myself, um, my episode coming out tomorrow in the time of us recording this uh, is all about that. And it's the first time I'm speaking really publicly about, about being canceled and then like what actually went on, Mm -hmm. but I did not betray myself, my own knowing my own soul, my Mm -hmm. own, um, sense of reality and of world, what the world needs Mm -hmm. and, and the medicine that I feel is needed. Mm -hmm. And so even with all the accusations and I had hundreds of hate comments, hundreds 
right? All these accusations of betrayal Mm -hmm. and not betraying my own soul, my own knowing. Mm -hmm. So I really relate to this. And I think it's a really advanced way to live, you know, to, you know, I call it an advanced practice. It's like, whoa, to live that way where, where I am willing to trust myself, you know, even if other people don't have faith in me because I am, because I have, you know, I seem maybe crazy to them, or I see like knowing that I'm staying true to myself, trustworthy to myself, trustworthy to those, to those who see me and know me and are ready for my medicine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, that's how I know I can sleep. At night. Yeah. Mm. I'm so glad I asked that question. I'm yeah, so me too. You, because it's, it, it's, you know, I love, I love what you shared around the trust, right? Like people giving away their trust. And, and I mean, it's, it's, it's so normalized. It's so normalized. Oh yeah. Society that, you know, the, the society that we live in and, and, and even in, in the moments in which the, the idea of truth, like what is truth, right? Like Mm -hmm. what is true to, the, the idea and the concept of truth is, you know, ultimately up for questioning. And That's so right. it brings us into this need to be like so deeply connected to, to our own self, like what feels true to us and what, and, and, and the more and more that we choose that, the more trust that we cultivate within ourselves to hold it and to not like you know, try to dissolve it or try to hide it or try to fix it or try to make it digestible for people. Right. There's this, um, there's this beautiful, beautiful, like snippet of a passage from, um, William Martin. I love him. I love Mm -hmm. him. Um, but he talks about how when someone is and and I think I've shared this and I think I've shared this already but I'm going to bring it back because it's it's so important and I want you all to really take this in is that the the less connected that, that we are with ourselves and our truth the more we become like stray dogs in a convention of whistlers mm. right and so yeah. to to come into this like look this is what's coming through. This is what feels right to me. And when everybody's whistling, yes, no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. I'm going to stay here because I know my home. And I, and I know that this like internal guardian of mine Mm -hmm. is, is where I belong. Yes. And, and you spoke that so beautifully. I had no idea you were canceled. Yeah, I I did. It's because I haven't, I haven't shared about it really. Like the people that saw it, that witnessed it happening, like saw the posts, saw the comments, like they remember, but most, I mean, many people didn't see that. Right. And so that was a year ago. And I, I haven't like made posts about it and like made podcasts about it and things because I just, you know, I I honestly didn't want to go into defense or explanation mode. So I left it like after all that, I took a two month break from social media. And then I came back and I did not explain. I did not try to, you know, justify or explain anything. I just carried on with my life and carried on with my sharing. Mm -hmm. And so this is actually the first time this week that I'll be really like addressing it. Um, 
And which feels exciting. Um, I just had my podcast editor just messaged me like fucking loved this episode. <laughs> like, this is so good. And I was like, well, that's reassuring because it feels edgy. Yeah. So I'm excited. Yeah. yeah, It's so good. You know, I'm excited. I'm excited to, to get to yeah. dive into that. And, um, you know, as we, as, as we wrap this up to, to have that, you know, to be that radical, to be that radical is what ultimately like really makes an impact that yes. then ripples into a revolution. Right. And, and, and what better, you know, what better way to, to revolutionize with the idea of unconditional love, That's you know, right. and, and I think that the, the more and more that we stretch ourselves into that, it looks differently. That doesn't mean no boundaries. Right. And I think that's like no. one of the things that gets right. like out. That's it. That's what a lot of people. It's like, guys, I can only fit 2,200 characters in one post, but they want, they're like this and this. And I'm like, okay, I could have given a whole lesson boundaries, but because so many people lack boundaries, they read my message as condoning people's behavior, not standing up for yourself when there's wrongdoing, right? That is not what I meant, but this is a big element of it, right? Is having boundaries of being able to love and love people's hurt inner child, right? Because hurt people hurt people. So knowing that these people are hurting, knowing that these people have goodness in their hearts as well, being able to love them and have boundaries doesn't mean you want to associate with all people that are doing actions you don't condone, but you can still have love for them, right? So boundaries are a huge element of this. And of course, a, re- a culture that lacks boundaries is going to react strongly with this message. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And create walls. Totally. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's yeah. what happened. It was, a, it was a huge awakening for me. Um, wow. continues I'm to so be, glad. of course. Yeah. And I'm so glad that you're, you know, that you're putting this, that you're, that you put this on a podcast, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that people will get to, um, to dive deeper into this. And so, you know, we've, again, like we, this, this has been such a beautiful passage of getting to walk with you. And, and I, and I, and I believe that at this point, the listeners and the viewers can really feel you and, and the work Mm -hmm. that you do and the full spectrum liberation that these passages in your life have, have gotten you to that you have chosen to, to meet yourself at, to set yourself mm. free here and there and there and there. And uh, okay, here too, right? Yeah. So really go into that. And it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Mm. I am I'm so deeply inspired by this conversation and I really appreciate your presence. And so the drum roll question here is, <laughs> Or most of you are like, wait, hold up. Who is this? So who are you? Who are you today? Well, my name is Amy Patusi and I am an intimacy coach and a mm, liberator of sexuality and a slayer of shame. Mm. And I own a company and run a company called Desire on Fire. And I coach and lead women on having turned on lives and satisfying sex and deeply fulfilling and vulnerable relationships. Mm -hmm. And I 
hold community experiences and events. I lead retreats and virtual programs. I have a podcast called the Desire on Fire podcast. And yeah, I I love bringing people together mm-hmm. and facilitating transformation. Beautiful. There you have it, people. Amy Batisky <laughs> in the house <laughs> at the temple. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Amy, for, for being here and for, for sharing, sharing so openly and, and beautifully. And as you, you know, for those of you watching and listening to this, you can go ahead and get all the, the links and, and details um, on how to get in contact with her, with her here on the notes. And so thank you once again for, for showing up and for showing up the way that you do. And to the listeners, yeah. And to the listeners and the viewers, may you continue to be empowered in in every single breath and every single step that you take. I'll see you on the next passage. Bye. Bye. Take a deep breath as you exit the portal of Passages, the podcast. May these readings of passages and deep dives into rites of passage continue to empower you in every single breath and every single step that you take. From this moment until the next passage, may your path forever be blessed.